Welcome in to the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We are coming at you right in between sort of the end of the 2.30 or 3.30 if you're on the East Coast slate of games uh, in college. And between that and the primetime games, we're going to deliver you our promise of NFL picks this week. We are doing a quick picks pod, almost like a lightning round, but we are going to get into some of these games. It'll probably be around a 30-minute pod-ish, give or take. I am joined by my co-host, Jack Wallace, fresh off of shooting the Dino Babers cover job of the year uh, last night. And yes, I live bet Syracuse plus seven because uh, I didn't get the plus 13 and a half, which I felt like was the lock of the week. But Jack, how are we doing now? We are doing okay. I mean, going to that game, witnessing that was uh, was tough. Syracuse has lost by a field goal now three weeks in a row, which is incredibly frustrating. Now, I know preseason, we talked a little about Qs and said they weren't really supposed to do anything and finish last, but uh, turns out that's not really aging too great because Syracuse is pulling out some wins and going three and four so far in the season, which obviously isn't fantastic, but it's much better than teams like what we've seen out of the bottom of the ACC. Uh, but still, those games are very winnable, and we'll talk a lot more about that, of course, on our next college football uh, podcast in a few days when we'll go over uh, all of this week's action, which is still going on because, of course, this is live. We're still talking on Saturday, and a lot of games are just finishing up around the league with Georgia still winning, Iowa absolutely embarrassing themselves, um, and then Alabama, Mississippi State just kicking off now. So lots of fun games to come up. We will, of course, get to all of that, but today is about the NFL that we can finally get back talking about. We've been so busy and so caught up these last couple weeks, we haven't been able to give you all some content, so we're going to dive right in. And starting off here, we're going to look over and just take a couple seconds, and we're going to go over Thursday Night Football, just because we already um, obviously cannot have much of a pick for it, so we can go ahead and talk about it a little bit. And this one is Tampa Bay up against Philadelphia. Bucks came away with the win, 28-22. Pretty close game in Philly. The six-point difference uh, actually did not cover for Tampa Bay. They had a seven-point favorite on the night. Yet they did dominate time possession, dominate total yards and first downs. Both teams each had a turnover, and Philadelphia brought it back pretty close. They're actually down 28-7 to pretty late in the third quarter, but were able to make it a closer game. But my question to you here is what did this game teach you? What did you learn from this game about these teams? I have no idea because I was at a concert during this game. But I actually did watch it so I can give some feedback if you didn't. What it taught me is maybe don't bet on Thursday night football overs. I think I I think the over in Thursday night football might officially be dead. It's 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 a weird uh, sensation for teams to play on Thursday night. And I think it honestly throws off a lot of offenses. Um, Tampa Bay obviously still lights out. Um, They're, they're looking like the runaway favorites um, in the NFC South. I really don't think there's going to be a team that's able to compete with them in that division. um, Especially if McCaffrey is going to be on IR for another three weeks, which he is. 
And uh, we all can just go ahead and say our prayers for Chicago next week, which the Buccaneers face, because that's going to be very oh difficult to watch. So <laughs> go ahead and say they that. Already uh, <laughs> they already blitzed uh, at the highest rate in the league. They blitz on over 50% of their plays. Uh, the Todd Bowles-led defense in Tampa. And that Chicago offensive line is terrible. And with Justin Fields playing behind them, I mean, I think they might blitz on 70% of their plays and Justin Fields yeah. might get sacked six times. But they kind of have to because their secondary is not great, and that's why I took the over in this game because With they have Richard so Sherman many guys being out, out too. in the secondary. I just think mm-hmm. that Jalen Hurts is not the guy that's going to be able to necessarily take advantage of that quite as much. And you know who I would love to see the Tampa Bay Buccaneers face off against? I would love to see them play a team like the Chargers. And that's a team yeah. we can go ahead and just skip to just because I, I have them here. But um, L.A. Chargers up against Baltimore this weekend. And now Baltimore was one of the more interesting picks this week because Baltimore, I, I don't know what else there is to say about Lamar Jackson. I mean, we know that not bad for a running back has been an endless trope so far, but that's it's still the, paying off. It's, oh, goodness gracious. That Monday night football performance was historic on multiple fronts, not just because of the comeback, but because Lamar Jackson is the only, and I don't remember what the exact threshold for this stat was, but he is the only quarterback ever to throw for 85% completion, um, I believe on over 40 passes. Yeah, that's um, right. And 37 for also, 43. He is also the only quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 yards and over 80% completion. Now the question is, was that win, again, an overtime comeback win against the Colts, was that win good enough for you to still have Baltimore against L.A. in this game? Yes, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it because I love Justin Herbert. I love this Chargers offense. I think they have more weapons. They're definitely more versatile. But, I mean, when you have – in my opinion, probably the MVP of the league at this point. I, I may be going out on a limb there, but there's not a single player in the league who is more valuable to their team than Lamar Jackson, who has who himself ranks 15th in the league in total offense. And I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about teams. Lamar Jackson has more yards himself than 15 other team. I mean, sorry, 17 other teams in the National Football League, which is absurd. I think Lamar is my MVP favorite at this point through the year. You could make arguments for Josh Allen. Uh, you could make arguments for Justin Herbert, I think. You could make arguments for a lot of guys. It's still pretty early in the season. But Lamar Jackson, probably my MVP pick as of right now, um, I'm still going with the Chargers in this game. I love their defense. I think they're going to be able to get pressure on Lamar, um, and I think they're going to be able to do a much better job than the Colts, who are a pretty vanilla defense. They just like to play cover two, cover four, sometimes mix in some man. Uh, they don't have a ton of talent on the defensive end, aside from uh, um, Darius Leonard and um, – why, why am I just blanking on DeForest Buckner? 
Yeah. Uh, not a ton of talent outside of those two guys. So, I mean, I called it at the beginning of the year. I thought the Colts were one of the most overrated teams in the league. But here's the thing. When Lamar had to pass, he did it well. And they couldn't really go to the run game throughout that game. I don't think they're going to be able to exploit uh, Lamar in the same way in this game. Um, but who knows? I mean, the Cleveland Browns put up 42 on the Chargers last week, so you never know. And if you want to look at who's giving up the most yards per game so far with these defenses, it's actually pretty close in between Indianapolis and L.A. They're only separated by about two yards per game and what they give up total. And looking at yards per game giving up, uh, to find the stat of this, uh, LA's actually pretty good on this. LA's very solid against the pass so far this season, while the Colts are far below, giving up uh, almost 50 more yards of game. But then rushing tells a little bit of a different story. While LA is actually, uh, you want to know where LA is on uh, total defense and rushing allowed? Probably not great. Last. Well, yeah, their defensive line is not phenomenal. Joey Bosa, much more of a pass rusher than a run stopper. Um, and, and they've got some young linebackers in there as well. Uh, they seem to be using Derwin James a lot more um, in the pass game and as a pass rusher, uh, as opposed to a run-stopping Jamal Adams-style one-trick pony safety. Um these teams, believe it or not, LA actually has a higher is ranked higher on DVOA uh, than Baltimore. But both of these teams are pretty middling. I think this is going to be a real offensive game. Uh, but if Baltimore gets behind um, against the Chargers, I'm not so sure that they can come back against the Colts. Yeah, you can slow down Carson Wentz for a half. I'm not sure that they can do that to uh, Justin Herbert. And I think I may stick with that pick, too. I'm really hesitant about it. I'm really hesitant about it. But I may stick with it just because of what they were able to do to a Browns defense that we know is very talented as well. Uh, the Browns actually rank second overall in rushing yards total allowed and then in passing still well ahead of uh, of the Ravens. So I just – yeah, I, I think they can still exploit that. Moving on, we're going to start back up chronologically again, and we're going to go to the London games. Back to the UK as we went last weekend for the Falcons, which uh, they are actually off this week. So love to talk about that a little bit with my Falcons beating the Jets. We love to see it. We still run New York with our wins over the Giants and Jets. But this week, it's Jacksonville, who always makes their trip to London. And they will be, um, quote-unquote, hosting Miami in this game. And both these teams have been vast disappointments, despite both of them starting out with very different expectations. The, the Dolphins were only about a game or two away from the playoffs last season, despite a lot of challenges, while the Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, getting the number one overall pick and didn't have a lot of expectations at all going their way. But still, both have been pretty bad. And in this game, it's the 0-5 Jags, the 1-4 Dolphins. It's been a lot of nothing between these two teams. And so, who's going to win this game? I don't really know. But I think the last three weeks, Miami, you barely, barely, barely lost to Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas in an incredibly tight game. You lost to the Colts, but the Colts turned around and had a very good week the week after. And then you got blown out by the Bucks, who we all know are a million times better. So I think they're ready to get a big win in this game. I think that Jacksonville is still not any good at all. They haven't really proven anything. They have had some tighter games. I know they have guys like James Robinson that have quality talent. 
but I just don't trust Jacksonville to get it done here. I know London's weird. I know they do well in it, but I, I just I, I think they're still going to lose this game. Well, first of all, you are absolutely right. The London Jaguars are a real thing. Um, in, in fact, they were it's weird <laughs> considering, I believe, moving to London for like a hot second uh, a couple years ago. I am picking Jacksonville, not because I really want to pick Jacksonville. I think they're a horrible team. I'm all over the fade Urban Meyer train. I'm picking mainly against Miami in this game because Tua got hurt. Tua's coming back. I don't think he'll be 100%. And I'm not a believer in Tua when he's healthy. So why would I believe in Tua when he's hurt? I think this is going to be a really rough game. And you might see Jacoby Brissett, even if Tua is not like deathly hurt, I think he might just get benched. And the other sad part about this is that Miles Jack is basically the one big player I trust in this defense. He still will be out on this on this uh, game. So I just I, I know he's sort of been in and out for a bit, but I just that was sort of the one other thing. I was like, well, will he be in at least? And uh, the answer is, is no on that. So they um, weren't able to really do a lot. I don't know. I just don't trust him yet. Uh, up next, we have Green Bay against Chicago in an NFC North duel in what could be kind of an interesting game because this has been a Chicago team that has been uh, disappointments to say the least. And they're still a winning record, mind you. It's not like they're – winless but it's still been a very disappointing time for the bears but their last two weeks haven't been that bad they had a good win against the lions who we know are not very good but then they had a really solid win against the raiders that is another piece in the puzzle that's bringing them back down to earth that one was 20 to 9 um shut down daniel carlson and screwed me over in fantasy though i still found a way to win but this is an interesting game because Green Bay is obviously much better than both those teams. And the last time that Chicago played what I would call a quality opponent, like a real high quality opponent with Cleveland was a 20 point loss. So that's the reason why I'm rolling with the Packers in this game. I don't really see any reason not to. It's been kind of all over the place there. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't really have a lot of faith. You know, I didn't have a lot of faith in the Packers last week. They got some guys out. But the fact of the matter is the Devontae Smith-Aaron Rodgers connection is just unbeatable. It's unbeatable. There is not a better one-two in the league right now. Uh, And I would say that includes Mahomes and either Kelsey or Hill. I don't think there is a better one-two tandem in the league right now than Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And that's what I failed to account for even though Green Bay had a bunch of guys out last week, I took the uh, Cincinnati money line. That was kind of my lock of the day. And, I mean, they went to overtime. It was close. There were a lot of missed field goals in that game. That game could really have gone either way, but Green Bay was still able to pull it out. And I don't think that Chicago is as good of a team as Cincinnati. Um, and so just based off of principle, I'm picking the Packers here. And I still think that, I don't know, I feel like it may be a little more than just principle why they should win this game. I mean, it's, yeah, they're still the much better team. I think Chicago does have some decent stuff with them, but it's just, I don't think it's particularly close in terms of which teams are more talented this season. the, The main principle of this game is that if Green Bay comes out swinging, they they are completely and totally able to boat race the Bears, whereas 
the only way the Bears are going to win this game is in a one-score weird game. Which is what happened with the Packers almost losing last week in their insane right. game with Cincinnati. We'll talk about that a little more when we get to Cincinnati. But, uh, yeah, that well, was – I mean, four – Four, fist, four missed field goals. Oh, yeah, we are with them next, so we can just keep talking about it. But uh, four missed field goals by both teams combined, the final 212 plus OT. Crossing missed three. McPherson missed two. Each of them missed one before oh, – sorry, in overtime before the final make. Um, Devontae Adams, as you were saying, was ridiculous. But, yeah, to Cincinnati's point, they should have won that game a million times. It was actually kind of ridiculous how they didn't. And that's why I think against the Detroit Lions, this is a prime time – for the Bengals to get what I love to call an angry win. We love to see angry wins. A team just coming out Revenge and saying, game. I am absolutely done, and I'm going to beat the daylights out of you. And I think that's what's going to happen in this game. I don't think that Detroit really has a lot going for them here. I get they're winless. I get the Bengals aren't exactly the hardest team to face. But it's still the Lions, and I still do not trust the Lions. And I, I, it's still the Lions. I don't trust them. Look, Dan Campbell is going to write this ship. At some point, at some point, it's going to happen. He's too likable of a guy. Um, he is too good of a motivator. Uh, his team loves him. Players are going to want to play for Detroit and play for Dan Campbell. Um, it, it was really telling something you don't see a lot uh, last week when Dan Campbell was crying in a press conference. And I don't want to you know, in insult him at all or make fun of him crying in a press conference. That to me spoke volumes for how much he cares about this team, um, how much of an emotional guy he is. And obviously there are uh, pros and cons to that in the league, but I really feel like that's something that they had completely lacked in Detroit for so long. I mean, you look at Jim Caldwell, not a super charismatic guy. Matt Patricia might as well have been a robot, like a really douchey, like cynical robot. What um, a fun time that was. Dan Campbell. Uh, Dan Campbell is electric. Um, I love watching him coach. I love watching him talk about football um, in the press conferences. However, they are that this is not going to be this is not going to be good for them. Uh, I still don't know how Detroit lost that game, by the way, too. It was ridiculous how they lost that. No, that they've lost two weeks in a row on it's a Detroit last loss. field goals. It's, it's how Detroit loses. They just, it, they're just, you are absolutely right. This is what Detroit does. Like every Detroit sports team, this is what they do. They just lose in heartbreaking fashion. You can't have nice things in Detroit uh, as a sports fan. No, you can't. Um, no, you can't. I'm good. Yeah, I'm going with Cincinnati here, and I, I get the feeling that you are as well. I am. Uh, next up, we can move to the AFC South, which we don't like moving to the AFC South because it usually just brings us pain, Ooh. but we will anyway. And for this, it's Houston up against Indianapolis in a game between two teams that have done nothing but disappoint this season. Though Houston somehow did get a win, which is impressive. But in this game, I think against it's pretty the clear Patriots. who the better team is. Let's, let's, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but, but with gosh. a rookie quarterback <laughs> against the Patriots, and Houston is somehow not the worst team in the league. 
It, it happens every year where we look at a team and we're like, well, that's the worst roster in the league. Sometimes it doesn't it, it matter. It still might be. <laughs> Sometimes the roster doesn't even matter. Sometimes it's a matter of want to, and it's a matter of coaching. Um, and and for as much sla- for as much flack as uh, Houston caught for hiring David Cully in the off season. And look, Jack Easterby, I still don't believe in him as a general manager whatsoever. Um, this team is not going to get any better unless he actually attempts to construct this roster in a meaningful way. But this team was left with nothing by Bill uh, O'Brien. And yeah, now they have a win. Over the Patriots, who I don't think are very good. The AFC East is a dumpster fire. But it, it that's an impressive win. That's an impressive win on the resume of Davis Mills. Wait, 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 wait. Houston did not win that game. They covered. Oh, because I was like, it was 25-22. They New almost England, So won. I was like, they didn't, they didn't, they did not win that game. Okay. <laughs> I was like, no, the, the Patriots pulled off with it, but I mean, Davis Mills did look incredibly good. I mean, I almost he, he had, had him as my player of the scores. week. I almost had him as my AFC player of the week. He was pretty impeccable. He was very, very good. No, I mean, I'll give him that, but it's, I mean, I just want to point that out that not so a confusion. No, Indy, confusion we already talked about that Lamar Jackson comeback. Um, I, I would totally. I, in fact, I am totally on Houston to cover the 10 and a half, but not to win the game. It's going to be another sad week for the Texans. Speaking of teams that have tended to have some sad weeks, we have the Giants, the football Giants of New York, that is, and they will be hosting the LA Rams in uh, what could be quite <laughs> the. Um, the, the blowout game, to say the least. And uh, I'm actually going to this game. I got tickets for it, so I'll be taking the drive down to uh, East Rutherford and MetLife Stadium. So that'll be pretty fun to see one of the biggest stadiums in uh, really the country um, in what could be a pretty exciting time, at least to watch the Rams, uh, which it will be. And, yeah, I have L.A. pretty cleanly in this game. Uh, I know L.A., New York, a battle of the biggest markets here, but uh, either way, it's it's not really looking crazy confident. Now, I am a little surprised that LA is only favored by eight in this game, simply because New York has a almost concussed Daniel Jones coming back added to the fact that Saquon's out for this game. Daniel and, Jones I mean, couldn't walk after that hit. Did, did, I mean, I am blown away how many injuries happened in that last game for the Giants because Kadarius Tony got hurt. Kenny Galladay is going to be out for this game. Darius Slayton got hurt. We saw the concussion with Jones and Saquon with the ankle injury. It was their whole offense got hurt. Everyone. And Jack, we know their this, defense isn't good either. I mean, it's, this is going to be a beat down. This is going to be bad for old fashioned beat down. This and... is why I'm choosing to go to the game because it's not expensive for New York Giants tickets like world. I mean, it's not the cheapest, yeah. but it wasn't that bad to go to an NFL game for a fun afternoon day in New York. May not be great weather, but the, I get to see the Rams. <laughs> Daniel Jones might turn the ball over five times in this game against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Forget about it. The Rams are going to win this game by a million and a half points. And you know what? 
the best thing about this game is, though, is that the game is in New Jersey, so I can happily bet against the Giants when I go to it. Nice. Next up, we have Kansas City up against the Washington Redacteds, the Washington football team. And this is a game where I think it is one of those preseason games that I would have thought would have been a pretty clean win for Kansas City, despite this being a very intriguing matchup of the classic very good offense against the very good defense. But so far, it's been a little wishy-washy for these teams. Both are coming into this game at 2-3, and three, when, frankly, I wouldn't have thought either of these teams would be 2-3 and three at this point. And Mahomes still slinging a lot of interceptions. His yardage has been pretty good. His accuracy overall, not that bad, but... It's just – it's a weird game. It's a very weird game, and Jarius Ward and Chris Jones will be out for this game for at least the Kansas City defense. But you're still playing Taylor Heineke, and I know Gibson and McLaurin have been electric, but it's just – everyone's failing to live up to expectations so far with these two teams. And I still think Kansas City's going to pull out the win. They're still favored pretty heavily on the road. But I just – this game is just – it's been disappointing. Both these teams have been disappointing. You're absolutely right about that. Um, and, and I could elaborate more on the Chiefs here. I'll tell you what, though. I am betting Washington football team plus seven and a half because right now the Kansas City Chiefs have maybe the worst defense in the NFL. Um, they cannot it's cover bad. anyone. And I don't know how they're going to cover Terry McLaurin the entire game. No, I don't think they're going to lose this game. <laughs> I think it's going to end up a lot like uh, the the Eagles game where, you know, both teams are really trying to outrace each other to 40 points or so. And I don't think the Washington defense is that good either. Um, they, they might get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes, but they're not going to be able to cover Hill and Kelsey the entire game. I'm going with Kansas City here, but I look for Washington to cover because I think Heineke could put up some numbers, and I think this is a big week for Terry McLaurin. And next up, we have Minnesota up against Carolina in what could be another game that I'm very interested to see how that'll go because I feel like this one's got a lot of toss-up potential. Um, kind of like the last one, I mean, I, I've cheated a little more favor, but this one's interesting. Minnesota's going to be a road favorite in this game. Now, not by much. Very, very tight. Uh, Minnesota is winless on the road, though. Two and three overall, 0 oh and two on the road. And Carolina's got a two and one record at home. So clearly on that stint, at least, it's looking to be pretty good. But second halves have been pretty bad for both these teams. They haven't been able to do much on the offensive side. And while Kirk Cousins is putting up a pretty good season, it's these are the two teams that they're ran by their running back, and I don't think either team will have their running back for this game. We know now Christian McCaffrey won't be. I think they said three weeks more on the IR. Is that correct? Yeah, he's on IR. Yeah. So I, I was saying three weeks. I knew he was on the IR. I was seeing the timing. I think the timing is three weeks. but um, Can't return till week nine. Yeah, so that's ripped to not, my fantasy team. Not ideal, um, but it looks like that Dalvin Cook will be back for this game for Minnesota on the road, which is pretty big. Now, we do know that so far it's looked like the replacement to Dalvin Cook, uh, Madison, Alexander, uh, what is it? Alexander Mad Madison, has actually been pretty decent. 65 carries, 258 yards. So that's why this game I'm kind of wishy-washy on. I have Carolina, but I'm debating changing it purely because Dalvin Cook is back, and that adds another very, very good option for Minnesota. Now, obviously, 
he will be just coming off an injury, so it's not like he's going to go for 200 yards or anything. But Minnesota, I, this is a game where it's, you know, it's going to depend on him coming back, honestly, for my pick. Minnesota is the uh, is an honorary member. They haven't officially made the list, but I'm thinking about putting him on the list because I just won't touch any game that is involved that is involved with the Vikings. Uh, I they might be on the no bet list for me now. This team is liable to lose to anyone or beat anyone on any given week. And it does not matter who they are playing. Um, yeah. I think this and is they should have lost to Detroit. They should have lost to Detroit. They it's absolutely should have lost to Detroit. However, I think this is a win for them. And I I'm actually going to go back. I, I think it's not that I think Carolina is a bad team. I think they are semi-fraudulent. And no, I, I 100% agree. I've been saying that take for weeks, too. I mean, I've, I've been hard, hard on that take of saying Carolina, even when they were undefeated, that this team is way overrated. And I'm going to agree with you on this one. I'm going to pick with Minnesota. I originally had Carolina, but again, I make these picks before Thursday night. I usually make them like Wednesday. And so I just kind of tinker with them as the week goes on. But yeah, given that the news on Dalvin Cook coming back was made yesterday, my pick has now changed. I'll go with Minnesota. Next up, we have Arizona against Cleveland and what could be Another game I am so excited about because this is between two really good teams. I'm so thrilled about this game going on because we have Arizona being the last undefeated team in football. Who would have thought? Not me. And sitting at 5-0 and and looking pretty good. Three of those wins have been on the road, which is even more impressive. And then Cleveland, 3-2, and also an undefeated team when it comes to being at home here. So two teams that have shown a lot of promise this year. Now Cleveland 3-2 and is not exactly their best start losing to the Chargers last week and the Chiefs in week one. But the Chiefs' loss was really close. Chargers lost uh, a slightly wider margin, but still that game was absolutely ridiculous down to the wire. And I think personally this game is a toss-up. I don't think there's really going either way wrong with here. But I think I may go with Arizona to stick undefeated in this game. I think they've just been too good for a lot of teams to be able to handle. I think Kyler Murray has far, far, far outplayed Baker Mayfield so far this season. And I think that's going to still carry over. That's an that's an interesting uh, it's an interesting notion you got there because Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know if you saw this is out with COVID for this game. I did see that. Yes, I'm Which going with it the Browns. <laughs> I am hopping all over the Browns. I think Arizona will not be nearly as good without their play caller. Um, and playing in Cleveland is just going to be very tough. Cleveland coming off of a really, really, really tough uh, comeback loss um, uh. against the Chargers. I'm all the way on Cleveland. In fact, as soon as I saw that Cliff Kingsbury was out for the game, I bet Cleveland minus three last night. Actually, yeah. I'm sorry I keep changing. I did. I promise that we still have plenty different. But um, yeah, I actually am going to change that because I did see that, but I didn't really register like, oh, he's just gone. Like you don't have your head coach at the game whatsoever. So no, you can't not do anything, not but. not just the head coach, the play caller. Yeah, the guy. Yeah, who, if he was if he was there, I would have picked Arizona. If he didn't have COVID, I would have picked Arizona. Yeah, you but know, I would probably would too because I think Baker's been slightly underwhelming this year based on the stuff that we thought. Four touchdowns and two picks in five games. Yeah, absolutely. No, based on based on what we thought we were going to see from Baker this year, he's been very underwhelming. Uh, but I think at home and with the strong running game that they have, even though Chubb is out, uh, I think they're still going to be able to pound the ball with Kareem Hunt, no problem. Uh, I think they're going to get it done. <laughs> 
Now, here's a take for you. Someone said, uh, hearing this on ESPN, just a, a quick side note. Um, how absurd do you think this take is? Cardinals-Browns Super Bowl preview. That is a highly absurd take. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it to you to see uh, your thoughts on that. I mean, it's a, um, I, it's I don't think Luke, it's completely insane. I mean, it's, it's not like Lions-Falcons, but... Or well, oh, two two of the Jets. best teams in their conferences could uh, meet in the Super Bowl. That's a pretty lukewarm take, uh, but considering it's the Cardinals and the Browns, that's that's a pretty that's a decently hot take. Next up on the list, we've got the oh boy, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, we don't have time to get into the Gruden situation right now. Uh, but I think we can both sit here and very much agree that he should not be coaching in the NFL anymore. Um, yeah, that uh, whole situation was about as damning as you could possibly ask. And for pretty good reason. The but, Broncos are going to win this game. That, that, that's yeah. my reasoning. That's my reasoning. They, yeah, I had did. I never had. I didn't. I honestly thought they were going to win even before that happened. To be honest yeah, with you, no, I probably would have picked the Broncos here too, coming off of a loss against Pittsburgh. Is, but uh, I mean, with everything that's happened in Vegas, no, it's not going to happen. Week, not not going to happen. This is going to be ugly. And I mean, it might be ugly because Denver can't really play that much offense. But it's going to be ugly, as in the Raiders are going to look like trash. Up next, we have the Dallas Cowboys up against the New England Patriots. And this game is one of those games where, frankly, I'm surprised the line is only Dallas by three and a half. I'm aware that it's in Foxborough, which makes it tougher, but I have a crazy amount of faith in the Cowboys in this game. I think they're going to come away and blow the doors off of New England. And I am I can say that very confidently. Um, they've actually, so fun fact, uh, the Cowboys have actually never beat the Belichick-led Patriots. They have... Never beat them. So well, there's a. I think that's time. changing today. <laughs> As of last week, Nick Saban had never lost to one of his assistants. Uh, so there's a first time for everything. Uh, yep, it's happening. And, I have and full it's, confidence. It's, it's it's happening. I look. I don't think Mac Jones is a bad quarterback. I don't think it's necessarily indicative of what his career is going to be. That offense is maybe the least explosive offense in the league. They get zero explosive plays. They are check down Charlie, check down, check down, check down, check down, check down. They're going to check the ball down and run all the way down until they set an NFL record for the most field goals ever kicked in a season because they can't score. This offense is god-awful. And it, it really it, – it has nothing – it does have something to do, I guess, with Mac Jones. But it really, to me, has nothing to do with Mac Jones. It has everything to do with how poorly Bill Belichick has constructed this offense. Because they don't have that many options. Ooh, they don't. Who are their explosive play options? Nelson Aguilar? Nikhil Harry? Ah, I still get mad about Nikhil Harry. I was so high on him out of Arizona State because he was so, so good in college. 
He was so I just good. get mad about how bad this offense is and how poorly constructed. For the greatest head coach of all time, this is a really shittily constructed offense. It's one of my favorite words there. <laughs> shittily. Because it works. I mean, look at their yeah. team. It's it, What are they doing? I mean, it's just – it's hard to watch. And this so- is seven, six Super Bowl winning Bill Belichick. Hey, I, and And – Credit where credit is due. We called Tom Brady a system quarterback for years. I think Brady was more important to the team than Belichick. I mean, he still had to have the defense and the kicking and the. Cl- I mean, it's no, 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 no. I I'm not trying to deny it, but it's also Belichick is also there's nothing over, to work with. Over twenty years, over twenty years. There are a variety of different moments you could pick out that for why the Patriots won that were not Tom Brady. However, if you're talking importance to the team, I think Brady wins at least a couple of those Super Bowls without Belichick. I'm not sure that Belichick ever wins a Super Bowl without Brady. My only thing with Brady, because here's the big litmus test you would have to ask, is that do you think that this season, if you put Brady on the Patriots and make zero other changes, zero, and I get this is impossible because obviously they make players the play. like, I don't know if they do. They make At this the rate? At this rate? I don't know if they do. Who's he going to pass to? Who's, I who's think the this defense going to stop? I think this is a pretty similar situation to Brady's last year in New England. I mean, you look at the weapons they had on that team, they had no weapons. And now they got at least they have Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. <laughs> I just I I'm Too not I'm not confident in that. I'm not confident in that. And I, I do think that pay a top receiver. And I do think the Patriots, I mean, there are some losses that are suspect here, but they still gave up 28 to the Saints. They I mean, it still was pretty bad. Now I will give them credit though. Their offense has been the main problem here, obviously, scoring 16. 25, 13, 17, 25. Yeah. And the two times you scored a lot of favors. And the two times you scored the most points were against the Jets and Texans. So, again, interesting to see this week because they do play a quality team in the Cowboys. So, I'm interested. But moving on now. Um, oh, just wanted to update you because it just happened. Oklahoma just scored a touchdown. So, just 7 nothing. Um, <laughs> there'll be a lot of those tonight. Um, Sunday night football. We have Seattle up against Pittsburgh in a game that I would have loved to see if everybody was healthy. But unfortunately, we can't have nice things, and that's not going to happen, which is the reason why I originally picked Seattle, but then forgot that it's Geno Smith Seattle. And then I'm like, ah, yes, this is not going to be a very close game. I don't think that Geno Smith is absolutely the worst quarterback in the entire league or anything. There are certainly worse options, but I think in a game like this – I this think he's about good. as good as Walking Dead Ben. That, and that's the other thing is Ben's not any good either. But I, I don't, I still trust Pittsburgh well, at Seattle home more defense, in this game. The Seattle defense is trash. It's really, if there really is, bad. If there is any team that the Pittsburgh offensive line, which is also garbage, is going to be able to have their way, it's against Seattle because this defense is absolute garbage. Um, it's a dumpster fire. And this is going to be another one of those games where Pittsburgh looks terrible and wins. I completely agree with that. I, I yeah, this there's no defense at all on the side. And for the last game up, 
Last but certainly not least, we have your Tennessee Titans in a game that, uh, oh boy, um, let's just say if I didn't have, oh no, it's actually, it's it's in Tennessee. I was about to say if I didn't have class, I'd love to make the journey to Buffalo for this, but, um, but it is actually in Tennessee. But I don't think that matters, frankly, because Buffalo is coming into this game looking fantastic. They've, uh, they did drop week one to the Steelers. But they have blown out the Dolphins, blown out the Washington football team, blown out the Texans, and delivered a hammer onto the Chiefs. They have looked unbelievably good in their last four games. And I think it's safe to say Tennessee's not slowing them down. Because you want to know who the Bills play in their next four weeks after the Titans? Dolphins, Jags, Jets, Colts. <laughs> I- I'm, I'm saying it now. If they win this game, we're going to see a 9-1 and Buffalo team. This is an, a really good team. And again, they got to play the Patriots twice after that. Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Jets again. Bucks is hard, but that's a lot of not hard games in that stretch. The Bills do not have an extremely difficult schedule. And Tennessee should have been one of the harder games on that schedule. This is actually the preseason at Tennessee should have been one of the hardest. But maybe, maybe not. I'm still starting Derrick Henry in this game, and he better put up some points for me. But this may be tough. Um, where do I start with this game? Uh, the Titans injury report is longer than, uh, some of my college research papers. Um, it looks like it was written, uh, by, it looks like a Shakespearean play. It's very long. It's very detailed. However, we only have two players that are ruled out for this game christian fulton and i think monty rice is the other one i'm not sure but christian fulton against the league's probably best passing attack right now is going to be pretty darn important that is a big big loss for the titans um and it pains me to say that this is also going to be a big, big loss for the Titans. Um, We haven't really shown that we can stop anyone yet, and I don't think that's going to change with probably the favorites in the AFC and one of the best offenses in the league, led by Josh Allen, who has been playing (laughs) out. Yeah, the only I, – I actually – I was debating this only slightly, but then I realized it's Tennessee's defense. But I have Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford on my team. And I was saying, like, hmm, Matthew Stafford against the Giants is a very tasty option. But then I'm like, it's also Josh Allen against Tennessee. So maybe I, I'll just keep him in. <laughs> I made um, I made the impulse decision to buy concert tickets, uh, not realizing that – it was the same night as the Monday night football game. So I will not be going to this game. And after watching the last three weeks of Titans football, I'm very glad to say that I will not be going to this game uh, because, oh boy, Titans in primetime. Titans in primetime against the Bills. That makes me want to vomit. And yeah, I think this... the Titans will be vomiting all over themselves come monday night oh um, boy the, yeah the, this the, this is gonna be this i mean is gonna be tough. Our, our home field advantage sucks because our fan 
And that's the thing about being in Nashville. It's almost like being a Chargers fan because it's a destination for every like NFL fans who like travel to be with their teams or to see their teams in different places. You know, they look at um, they look they look at the schedule and they think, oh, this would be a fun place to go. Oh, this would be a fun game to see. And Nashville is like pretty high on the list of like fun touristy destinations um, as far as NFL cities go. So Bill's Mafia is going to take over Nissan Stadium, sadly, and uh, the Titans are going to get killed. This is not going to be pretty. I actually did just want to put a note on this. I'm looking through right now and I'm realizing that on three different fantasy teams that I have um, across the board, I only have one player on either the Giants or the Rams that I have and I'm starting. <laughs> nice. Which is kind of surprising because I was saying like, gee, I'd sure hope I'm, I have somebody that I can root for uh, in this game. And sadly, which is kind of a lot of the fun of going to NFL games with fantasy teams, but I'm actually looking it over and I, oh, I don't even think I have any opponents with anyone facing any of these players. So maybe I can just relax in this game and not worry about it too much. But uh, I do yeah. need to check our league though, for the GTD Sports League. I don't know if we have anyone in our league on the GTD Sports or if we're playing against anyone either. Um, the Rams and the Giants? No. I I refuse to touch anything associated with the Giants offense, and we don't have any Rams players. We do, however, have the Dallas defense against New England, which I think is actually going to be a sneaky good play. I, I'm excited about that indeed. I agree with that. Yeah. Well, that will do it. If that's all that you have, Jack, that is all for me. Thank you for tuning in to this shortened picks episode of the Blanket Coverage Podcast. We certainly hope that you have a wonderful rest of your football weekend and that you will check us out next week as we get into college football week seven and we will preview uh, the next round of NFL games as well as recapping tomorrow's action. For now, though, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Noah Parker. And I'm Jack Wallace. Peace Peace out, out, y'all.